Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her personal foundation, says they're seeing more issues than ever with dogs' joints, odors, and their health than ever before. After doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can all look to improve our dog's health, their food. What she's discovered is that many dog foods are made in a way they can actually create toxins that could possibly be wrecking our dog's health. And that's true for many of the premium brands as well. Fortunately, she's found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how any of us can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. I've got five dogs. I do. I love them. I spend most of my time with them. In fact, Mojo, my mama blue healer, has helped me write six and a half books now. I want her to be as healthy and happy as possible. So if you feel like you do about your dogs the same way I do, let me encourage you to go to badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard and watch Catherine's video right now. And again, that's badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard. Be sure and check it out and make sure your pet is happier and healthier than ever. All right, Bulldog fans, our friends from Tecovis want to remind you that uh, it's festival season, it's concert season, it's sundress season. Yes, it is. And you know you need some nice boots to go along with every bit of that. And Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western wear. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and so much more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a very time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort, so no break-in period. You know how tough that can be with a brand new pair of boots. You can put these bad boys on and ride that ride with a smile. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with the same level of style. So stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary beverage or two, shop the new styles, the smell of fresh leather, and a friendly staff are always at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience quite like it. If you can't make it to a store, visit Tecovas. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges shipped right to your door. Go to Tecovas dot com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Maroon Friday edition of The Yard. It is officially Rock Vegas Day. All this came together pretty quick. We're going to have a lot more on that later in the show. But I want to begin by wishing the best for our friends and neighbors in the state of Florida and those in advance of the Hurricane Ian storm surge in the great state of South Carolina, I got many friends up there and uh, got some new friends from Columbia, South Carolina that uh, had the opportunity to go and speak to them at a recovery function here a couple months back. It has been a very difficult day for many people. And those of us that uh, have lived in Louisiana and Mississippi, we remember what it was like with Katrina. This could be the same type of loss in many respects. And so there are many bulldogs in that neck of the woods and not that we ever wish ill on anybody, but uh, we've got some family down there that's not doing real good today. 
and we're concerned about you. We're concerned about your neighbors. We're concerned about your loved ones, your pets, your children, your, your schools, your places of worship. We're concerned about all that because of this, this disruption of life. And many of you have worked so hard and put so many things together and yeah, insurance may cover most of that, if not all of it. But uh, there is, you know, the disturbance of your existence. And uh, it's very difficult. And so we love you. We support you. We're sorry that you're dealing with this. And it's incredible to think that the devastation that this storm has wreaked on the state of Florida. And now it's right back out there in the Atlantic kind of gathering some strength again for a second run at the continental United States. A lot of devastation left in the wake of this storm, and it's not done yet. It's pretty rare that we see that sort of thing. So again, those of you that are down there, we love you. We, we uh, actually had a volunteer that was going to head up and, and help us with the show, unable to get out of Florida due to cancellation of flights. And, you know, our... Our needs are, are, are met in that respect, and, and uh, it's nothing compared to what other people have had to deal with. And so I'm in no way su- suggesting, you know, that, that there's a, you know, a big deal for us. But I'm just saying that, you know, there has been this disruption of services and everything there that even getting out of Florida has proven to be very difficult for many people. A lot of people now trying to get out of there because they've got nothing left to go back to. So remember them this weekend. You know, we'll be have a chance to go to a concert tonight and be able to go to a ball game tomorrow. Many people don't even have a television set, don't have a vehicle, don't have a home. It's devastating. It really is. The, the first images that have come out are just absolutely devastating. I mean, Fort Myers, Florida basically doesn't exist anymore. It's, it's incredible. It really is. So those of you that are down there dealing with that, or maybe you have loved ones that are down there dealing with that, our support and our hearts go out to each and every one of you. Let's take a moment and thank our friends at Bulldog Burger Company. We love those guys too. Bulldog Burger Company, a great place to eat, a great place to recreate, a great place to go have an adult beverage or maybe a night out with the family. Three great locations to serve at University Drive here in Star Vegas, Gloucester Street there in Tupelo, and of course Lake Harbor Drive there, the newest one in the Roots and Flowood area. Be sure and go check them out today. Have the spring rolls as your appetizer. They will make you better looking. Of this, there is no question. It's in writing now, so trust the science. Also have that great restaurant, Quality Burger. Find your own favorites. I've had them all. I like them all. Some more than others, but I like them all. I've never had a bad meal at Bulldog Burger Company, ever. It's so consistent. It's so great. That's one thing I love about it. When I go in there, I know exactly what's going to happen. I'm going to walk out of there feeling nourished, feeling like I got more than my money's worth and leave with a smile on my face because the service and the quality of food there is excellent. Be sure and go check them out. Get that chocolate shake to go. You'll be glad you did. I'm kind of partial to that uh, Shipwish Donut Bread Pudding, to be quite honest with you. And I'm a bread pudding connoisseur, so this is a little bit different, right? So it kind of, kind of interests me. It's intriguing to me to have that. The Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people go to meet. M-E-A-T. All right. Let's get into Rock Vegas for a few minutes. So this has been a labor of love for me. Many people have said, you know what, Steve, I know you're, you're probably going to be glad when this is over. And that's not true. It's not true. It's been a lot of fun. Now, I, I, will, I will sleep a little bit better because I've been really anxious to last several days. As a matter of fact, last Thursday night in the wee hours of Friday morning, 
I kept waking up thinking I was late for the show. And so how it's not going to boil down is uh, Lily and Axe and those guys will get there first, and then the guys from Four Way Stop and Twist will join us a little bit later. Uh, Ryan Purser, the singer from Four Way Stop, will be there probably about the same time I am. He's so eager to get here, just to be here to kind of help, help the other bands, get to know everybody. I mean, he's a great guy. It's funny, I had uh, Craig Carter, the, uh, the father of Wiley Carter, who was a drummer in Twist, Craig told me the other day, he goes, man, this Ryan Purser kid is one of the nicest guys I've ever known. He's incredible. So he's coming up. And uh, Ryan is going places, man. I tell you, I saw four-way stop down in Baton Rouge at the Revelry the night before our debacle at Tiger Stadium. Extremely impressed, man. Kids just got a presence. And uh, I love the band. I love their original tunes. They play some covers. They're going to play a couple covers for us tonight along with their original tunes. Uh, but I couldn't imagine having a better band to open our show. And, and if you're coming to the show, you, you may remember these guys. They opened Bulldog Bash last year for Hardy. They won the Battle of the Bands and earned the right to open for Hardy. Uh, that was great. And every time that um, I've had people that I've encountered that have heard Four Way Stop, like, oh, dude, I've heard those guys. They're great. Let me tell you, you're just beginning to hear about Four Way Stop. These, this band is on the rise. There, there is a nice trajectory with this band that I'm very grateful for them to come and play in our show. Uh, Planning to reduce fees it's because they want to support the event, support Mississippi State, got some Bulldogs in that band. Uh, so we're excited to have those guys as our guests, and uh, we're going to treat them exceptionally well. We're really excited uh, to play host to these guys. And then uh, Twist, of course, a band from Jackson, Mississippi, only been together a few months. They're a heavier version of the Smashing Pumpkins. That's the best way to describe them, the absolute best way to describe them. I think it's important to kind of understand that uh, everybody has an influence from somebody. These guys are a heavier version. And you may not know this, but Thad Cochran II is the lead singer of Twist. And so these guys, you know, they're out playing gigs already. They're just kind of getting started, but uh, we're happy to have them on our bill. When I got ready to put this thing together, and uh, I think I told you guys some of this, but let me give you kind of the Reader's Digest version. I had been to Memphis to see Faster Pussycat and L.A. Guns. And a couple of my friends from Lillian Axe showed up to enjoy the show, too. And they sat with me and my friend Sam Denton. We had a great time. We had dinner together. Had a chance to kind of talk about some things. And I mentioned to Brent Graham, the lead singer of Lillian, I'd love to bring you guys to Starkville at some point. Just don't know when, don't know how. He goes, man, we'd love to do it. Then he invited me to the hometown show in Mandeville. They were getting ready for... Um, you know, for, you know, to kind of kick off uh, this new album cycle and uh, only doing a handful of shows this year. Of course, they went over to Europe and played some dates over there. And before they went to Europe, I uh, saw them down in Mandible. And, and after hanging out, talking to the guys, I was like, listen, I'm thinking about putting a show together in Starkville. Would love for you guys to come. And uh, so the more they talked about it, I was like, you know, I'm going to do it. I don't know how we're going to do it. I don't know how we're going to get the funding. I don't know where we're going to do it. I don't know even know if we can pull this off. But I'm going to figure it out. As I've shared with you guys before, a lot of people have great ideas but no want to. I have an awful lot of want to. I get that from my dad, Freddie Robertson. My dad used to always say the only mistake his mom ever made was not naming him Will because where there was a will, there was a way. I've adopted that. It's kind of my own personal philosophy. So on the way back that Sunday after seeing the guys in Mandeville, I was so jazzed up about seeing the band again, hearing the new material live for the first time. I said, we're going to do it. So we get up Monday, put on Facebook. I think it's time to make Mississippi rock again. And then a movement was started. And so many of you have reached out. It's, I've shared so many times. Yes, I've had to spend some of my own money. Yes, jeanspage.com, of course, is a majority sponsor for the show. 
we've had so many great sponsors that have been a part of this. You know, I, I begin to think about like William Wells Auto. You know, Wes hits me up and says, hey, man, we want to be a part of this. You know, the fine folks of the Eat With Us group said, hey, Steve, we're happy to help in any way we can. Uh, discount building materials, Todd and Jennifer Barnett. Just, you know, I, you know, and the Todd's already saying, hey, man, listen, we, we want to sponsor Rock Vegas 23-2. want to be part of that. Austin Voller Law Firm, downtown. If you're looking for a great lawyer, there he is, Mississippi born and, and bred. It's a great guy. Uh, you know, re- resilient life counseling, soul recovery. You know, people that, I, that have become my friends since I moved to Stark Bowl. You know, there's Big River Rental there in Canton, Mississippi. You know, we've got a great group of people that have been involved in this, and I haven't had to ask for a whole lot. I mean, it's just like people that just come out of the woodwork. I've had some other people that really wanted no, no recognition. They just wanted to support the event because it was something positive for Mississippi State. I think it's important to kind of understand how it works. I mean, there's some people out there, you know, they don't feel the need to run out there and put everything on social media. You know, they don't need their name in the paper. You know, they don't, they don't need us to kind of get out and get involved and kind of say, hey, look at these folks here. You know, our friends at Portico, they sponsored this show for a long time now. They're involved with sponsoring the event. Security technology supply there in central Mississippi. I've got a friend there that's been, uh, been a friend an awful long time to me. As soon as I put out there, I was doing the show. He goes, I know how you are. You'll go in your own pocket. Let me help cover some of the expense of the show. The Bellsmith, if you're looking for custom cowbells, look no further than the Bellsmith. We've got some pretty special cowbells we're going to be making a presentation with at, uh, at the show that are courtesy of the Bellsmith. And, again, there's just you know, individuals that have kind of reached out and said, hey, man, let me, let, me, let, me, let me be involved in this. And I don't need my name on the shirt. I don't need my name on the banners. I just want to do this because I, I appreciate your passion for Mississippi State. I appreciate your passion uh, for rock music and, and your appreciation of the history of our, our music scene in Mississippi. And uh, we've got a pretty special thing, some, some things planned. that, that uh, It's not just a show. Right? And we're, we're not going to get out there and play bingo or anything, but uh, we've got some things out there that I think make this show pretty unique. And it's just the beginning. Already started thinking about doing another event probably in February. Probably not on this scale, but it'll be another great rock show. You know, I've got the bug again, you know. And so there have been so many people that have said, you know what, Steve, this is, this is probably something that Starkville needs. This is something that the Mississippi music scene needs. And I've had so many people that have reached out and says, man, you got to hear this band. you got to hear this band. And the, the thing that I've learned is a lot of these people don't have a place to play. They don't have events like this. And you know, one of the things that we do, and it was like when I first introduced the guys from Four Way Stop to Twist, uh, you know, Ryan and Lewis and I, uh, Lewis, the rhythm guitar player in Four Way Stop, we all met down at Martin's downtown in Jackson to go watch Twist play. And those guys had a chance to meet, kind of get to know each other. That, that's how we build the scene. We rebuild it that way. We build these relationships. And we get together and we celebrate rock music together and put those guys on a stage. We get people in front of them. You know, I, I tell people all the time, one of the reasons that I go to shows as often as I do, it is a place where I lose myself and find myself at the exact same moment. It's like reconnecting with the mothership. I need to go back and be around my tribe for a while. You know, sometimes I feel like I'm out here in the mission field. You know, and sometimes you got to be reminded you're not alone. 
I remember so many times going to shows and it's like, you know, there's a lot going on in life, but all of a sudden we get out there and it's like, hey, these are my people. We're out here raising our fists to the gods of rock in the Mississippi Coliseum to watch Motley Crue play or to watch Rat play or to watch Bon Jovi play, to watch Metallica play, to watch Suicidal Tendencies play, to watch Queensryche, to watch Soundgarden. Those are my people. And so maybe you're not as inclined as I am to get out and go to shows. But I think it's important to have people around you to share. Having to hire a new employee sometimes is the absolute worst, right? We've all been there. If you've got your own small business, I mean, you're, you're trusting your livelihood. You're trusting your baby, your blood, sweat, and tears with somebody perhaps you don't know very well. That's why you got to be 100% certain you have access to the best qualified candidates available. You got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. How cool is that? There been times in the past I've made hiring decisions when I was desperate for an employee. It's been nice to have had a partner to help me screen through some of this and make sure that I get people that fit the specific skill set I'm looking for. It's so easy to go make a free ad today at LinkedIn. Maybe you should. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it much easier to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to actually meet, interview, and ultimately hire. It's important to have the right team. It's why every small business rates LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering Quality hires versus their leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster than ever before. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash boneyard. That's linkedin.com slash boneyard to post your job for free. Some terms and conditions may apply. Your interest. And I don't just mean sitting around drinking and talking about women. You got to have something in life that gives you some inspiration and gives you some influence. I firmly believe that. Music is a healer. And I like to be out there and be around the vibe and be around the bands. And, you know, it's, it's exciting for me, man, because, you know, I'm a creative person myself. And, you know, I love to see people do things that I can't do. I've tried to do this. It just didn't work out quite well for me. But, but my point is, is that there are so many people out there that I gain inspiration from. And I, I kind of glean some knowledge or maybe some good vibes from those people. And so I thought, you know what, let's do it in Starkville. And I've had people all over the state reach out to me and say, hey, Steve, would you consider booking a show here? Would you consider bringing a show here? And you know, that'd be great, and maybe someday we will. But I'm doing what I can for my home. I live in Starkville. I, I was at the um, Mike Leach call-in show today. I've never been to that, just so you know, never. But because we were up there at Hobie's working, kind of getting the, the venue ready, and I give him a lot of credit. You know, I got a little worried a few days ago, and then, you know, I'm, I'm out there today, and I walk around, and I'm, I'm smelling bleach and fabuloso and everything else. You're doing a great job getting that venue ready for us to put together a killer rock show tomorrow. We decided to take a break, hang out with some people. We walked over to the Mike Leach thing, and uh, Mike was great. I had a chance to visit for a few minutes. But, uh, you know, some people walked up to me and said, Hey, Steve, I know you're doing the show. Thanks for what you're doing for Starkville. Had another guy walk up from Central Florida. Said, hey, Steve, appreciate your podcast. Living down there in Central Florida, I don't get a chance to hear a lot of Mississippi State stuff, but these podcasts uh, that you and Brian and the guys do are wonderful. And so I don't ever forget that. You know, it's like this never becomes old hat for me. I mean, I've had so many people that said, hey, Steve, you know, you never miss a show. 
And it's true, I don't. We try to stay on schedule as best we can. You know, I had some internet problems a while back, but I know that many of you depend on these shows to get your news about Mississippi State. I do my best to provide uh, valuable insight when I can. But this whole Rock Vegas thing came together so quickly, and I just think about, okay, the things that I love are kind of fusing together here. I love rock music. I love Mississippi musicians. I do. I love Mississippi State. I love the fact that Charlie Winfield has taken this NIL bull by the horns. I don't want him to ever feel like that he's alone. And listen, you know, listen, we're going to raise 25000 plus, whatever. That's not going to be anywhere compared to what some other people are doing. It's not. But it's what I can do. And I've told many of you others, and, and that some people, you know, I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I think social media brings out the worst in people. I was telling some people, I was like, you know, hey, maybe you don't believe in the rock show. And that's okay. I'm going to do it anyway. But what can you do to help? What can you do to help? You know, in your local community. You know, I'm concerned about NIL. And it's like a lot of people that I know that share that same concern are kind of just sitting around complaining. They're not making donations. They're not organizing events. And that's not everybody's skill set. I get that. But we got to do more than just complain. It's like, oh, well, this is going on, and so-and-so's got this, and so-and-so's got that. You know, you know, we may not be a big fan base, but we have a very passionate fan base. we got a lot of people that really love Mississippi State. And, you know, even before, I, you know, I remember I used to think I was busy, and I wasn't. You know what I'm saying? It's like sometimes you look back, and you don't, you don't realize what you're capable of. You know, I got up today, wrote a couple of articles, and I wanted to help, help clean up a bar that's not mine. You know, I didn't do the line share of the work. I'm not in any way suggesting that. I mean, hoping those guys did a great job. But I got home late, and I come down here and sit down and do this show. And one of the reasons I'm doing the show tonight is so I don't have to get up in the morning and have this on my mind. I want to have it done. So when I leave tomorrow, it's Rock Vegas mode all day until the time the show is over. And, yeah, I'm a little anxious. I am. I'll admit it. I've done all the groundwork. I have faith in my own work. There are a lot of people, of course, that we're counting on tomorrow that will come through, and they're professionals at their job. I mean, I tell myself every day, Lillian Axe plays shows all over the country all the time without me. And they don't need me to go put on a killer rock and roll show. But I'm the one that invited them to Starkville, and I'm the one that told many of you about how great a band Lillian Axe is. And so I feel a sense of responsibility on both sides of the aisle here to make sure that we have a killer event. And at the end of the day, the student athletes of Mississippi State are the people to benefit from it. And so it's a sold-out show and uh, went out, and I tell you, we, uh, I told you guys on Wednesday, I went out and passed out some tickets on the drill field and uh, then got messages from several students that were like, hey, Steve, I was in class, I couldn't make it, and uh, still had some tickets left. And then I've had some people since then that said, hey, we're not going to make the show, Steve, if you could find somebody. So... There's probably, I would say, maybe 25, 30 tickets, maybe 40, if I think about it, because I got a couple more in my email when I got home, that we'll be able to sell at the door. And um, so maybe if you were thinking about coming and you feel like you were shut out, uh, we'll have the ability to get that. It's probably closer to 30 now that I think about it, because we also had some radio station winners, too, that will use some of those tickets. And so if you want to go to the show – Maybe come down, check it out. I don't know that I'll be able to check social media, but if you're in town and maybe you neglected to get your tickets, we might be able to get you in, but that's only a handful of people. It's, it's probably 30 at, at the most. I told you guys all the way through, we're going to be compliant. 
with the fire marshal's restrictions. We're not even going to flirt with the line, you know, because I don't ever know, you know, somebody else may get in that's not supposed to be in. You know, it's like uh, Little League's got a little bit of a group coming up. You've got some family and friends and people like that. And so we've got a list, but uh, I wanted to have a little wiggle room in that. But we're not, I'm not going to be in a situation where we're having to, like, count numbers at the door. You know, we've got to – of course, we've got tickets, we've got a head counter, but we're not going to have a situation where I've got somebody at the door saying, okay, we've got X number of people. Now, you know, once, once we're done, we're done. And so I share that with all, with all of you because I think it's important to understand – and I don't say this because I, I, I want any praise. I, I, that's not what I'm saying. Is that I think we can all use our platforms to help the things we love. And there's so much out there on social media that is so negative. And all these videos about fistfights get shared. And all these, you know, about people getting injured or people getting dunked on or people getting their feelings hurt or people being disrespected. That stuff spreads like wildfire. But let's use social media for something cool. And it's like, it's funny too, uh, you know, they'll have videos out there, cats and dogs kind of interacting with each other and acting kind of human-like, that stuff spreads. But how many times do we really do something worthwhile with our social media platform? I mean, really. I met some young people tonight at Hobie's. Uh, thankfully, after the Mike Leach thing, one of the, the ladies walked up a page said, hey, you know, Steve, have you eaten? We got, a, we got an extra little uh, chicken dinner here. And uh, I glad, gladly took it and ate it. And I was sitting there eating and uh, come to find out there's a couple of, uh, you know, a couple of bulldogs there. Their dad's a Boneyard listener. And they follow me on Twitter. And uh, their dad has uh, worked a program of recovery now and is, uh, is, a, is a fan of the show and a fan of mine because of the recovery piece and the fact that I'm a bulldog. And uh, so I gave those kids tickets to the show. Because I want them to come celebrate as a family. You know, let's all get here together and have a great time for a very positive thing. And so I'm not going to spend much time talking about this, but I'm ready for the show. We'll get back on Monday, and uh, we'll give you a full recap. There'll be a lot of social media postings and things like that. And if you're going to the show, please use hashtag RockVegas2022. We want to see your pictures. We want to be able to grab them. You never know. We may use the photo gallery. But uh, this is something super fun and super cool that benefits so many people. So many people. Benefits our student-athletes, benefits the musicians, benefits Hobies on Main. Of course, the Jeans Page name being attached to it, of course, is important to me too because we're doing things differently. Matter of fact, I signed uh, the contract today, the first official day. is October 1, October 1st. So I make them move up, up the ladder a little bit. And so I guess we'll get together to, uh, tonight and we'll party and we'll celebrate the change of the guard. Not that there's any animosity or bitterness. I'm very grateful to Gene Swindoll. Gene Swindoll has, uh, in many respects, made my career. Of course, I had to, uh, to work hard myself, but he provided me with an opportunity, and I'm always forever grateful for that. I mean, you know, Gene and uh, Mary, I never had any children. They got married later in life. I think in, in this is, uh, you know, the, Gene's life's work. And uh, he's kind of passed that along to me. And uh, the reality of it is, is that I feel a great obligation to Gene to kind of keep things going. You know, I don't know how long I'm going to work. I, I don't. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm from the 1900s, you know, so I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a spring chicken anymore. But um, I'm going to work as long as I love it, which I suspect will be until the very end. And uh, I'm sure even at the, at the end, when I'm incapacitated, unable to work, whatever, I'll still be thinking about something I should write for you guys. 
some story that I didn't write, some thing I didn't say on a show, some wisdom I didn't impart, some nugget I didn't dig up. But the reality of it is, is nobody makes plans to die. You know, just at some point you do. So until we do, let's enjoy rock and roll. And maybe if you're not a rock person, maybe you love country music, enjoy that too. Get out and celebrate with your friends. Go out and have a good time. Live as high on the hill as you can, but be responsible. Don't hurt other people. I'm a firm believer is that whatever makes you happy can't be a bad thing, as long as it doesn't hurt somebody else. Firm believer in that. All right, let's move on to today's top 10 list, brought to you by CloseWithBlair.com. Blair Chandler is a friend of mine, a friend of yours, a friend in the industry, man. Blair Chandler is a great dude. Been in the mortgage industry 21 years, man. This is a guy that, that gets it done. There are a lot of people out there that kind of flirt with results. You know, Blair's married to them. And so I'm going to encourage you, give Blair a text or call today. He is uh, your friend in the industry. His phone number is 601-500-2344. Or you can visit him at his website, closewithblair.com. That's C-L-O-S-E with Blair, B-L-A-I-R.com. And uh, we've recently closed some boneyard loans. How about that? Had uh, a satisfied customers of Blair's hit me up here about a week ago and said, hey, listen, I heard about Blair on the show. We'd had some difficulties with a loan. We work with Blair. He got us closed. Crisis averted, man. And that's what Blair does. And that's the thing. You, you need a guy that's got experience, man. 21 years working for Fairway Mortgage these days. Number one in customer satisfaction when it comes to mortgage loan origination. That's a big part of things, man, is dealing with reputable people that have experience and get you taken care of. That's closeofblair.com. Okay, top 10 list. And this is one that jumped to the front of the list. I uh, got a message. Let me see if I can't find the, guy, the gentleman's name here because I want to be fair. Be fair to everybody here. The, um, I don't know that his name is on the Twitter account, but uh, he goes as Geek93 on Twitter. Let me just see here what he says. Yeah, Geek93 at PAH229. I don't know the significance of any of that. He says that... Uh, he is from Gluckstadt, Mississippi, and he actually has a quote from me in his bio. It says, following Hell State podcast, Hell State sports, and Hell State family, stand up in a kneel-down world, paraphrase Steve Robertson. That's a nice call to action. The actual quote is be, trying to be a stand-up guy in a kneel-down world. But I appreciate the sentiment there, Geek93. And so your list today, and so he brings up an interesting point. Many of you have seen this meme that's made the rounds. And it's like all these classic albums back in 1991 that were released within 44 days of each other. So in, and back in those days, back in the 1900s, kids, they only released new music on Tuesdays. That's when we got them. Tuesday was new release day. And you could pre-order stuff and then go pick it up on Tuesday. But we got new music every Tuesday. And, and a lot of that, too, is because they had the tabulate results and all that kind of stuff. But anyway... I don't know all the rationale behind it, but release day was Tuesday. But all these albums were released basically within six weeks of each other. Metallica's Black Album, Pearl Jam's 10, Guns N' Roses' Use Your Illusion 1 and 2, Red Hot Chili Peppers' Blood Sugar Sex Magic, Soundgarden's Bad Motorfinger, and Nirvana's Nevermind. Now, I don't care where you come down on your musical interest. That's a pretty strong list right there. And so he wondered, hey, can we put a top 10 together of these seven releases? And you know what, Geek? You came to the right place. Because yes, I can. Yes, I can. 
These are all classic albums. All these albums, multi-platinum albums. I suspect if I did the math on these, most of these are probably approaching diamond status. Some of them have already achieved it. So let's run through my top 10. And of course, I had to put a Nirvana song. You guys know I'm not a Nirvana fan. I'm not, and uh, I'm not going to sit here and bemoan the point here. But um, number 10 on the list is Smells Like Teen Spirit. My favorite Nirvana song, if I have such a thing, is um, off the In Utero album, and it's Heart Shaped Box. I think that's the best. Of, when I look at Nirvana, that's the best song to me. Many, many people don't like it, which is interesting. Because what's interesting about Nirvana fandom is that most people had never heard Incesticide or Bleach, never heard it. And Bleach was not actually, see, Bleach was actually recorded prior to the Nevermind sessions. It was released later. So it was actually recorded before Nevermind. And Nevermind doesn't sound like anything else in the catalog because essentially it's what the record company wanted rather than what Kurt and the band wanted. That's well documented. People will dispute you on that, but you can go read it for yourself. Uh, And so when In Utero was being recorded, Kirk wanted to go more back like the true Nirvana sound. And a lot of people love the classic Nirvana sound, which is on Nevermind, which didn't really match his vision for the band. And there was a lot of conflict about that. But um, Smells Like Teen Spirit, no matter what you think about Nirvana, what you think about grunge, what you think about what happened and his music began to trend and change, Smells Like Teen Spirit rocks, man. It does. It absolutely does. And you can say what you want to about it, but it's one of those songs that changed music. And that's one of the things, too, when I talk to my, you know, my old metal friends, they're, they're so anti-grunge. I'm not. You know, I was a young guy when grunge came around. It only lasted about 15 minutes, but I enjoyed it, most of it. Some of, some of it was, was a little bit uh, self-indulgent. But um, the reality of it is, is trends change in music. I mean, the reason that the metal scene came is because bands like Kiss and Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath in the 70s and then those bands influenced bands like Motley Crue and Rat and people like that and so we get into the 90s and things change I don't know why it changes decade to decade but it does and it's been a little different now because I don't think music is quite as so easily defined as it was in my teenage years but I don't blame Nirvana for the hair band metal uh, movement. I mean, hair, hair metal killed itself. It got so bloated and so predictable. And, you, you know, it got so watered down because, you know, it's like every time I turned on MTV back then, it's another bleach blonde guy, uh, you know, wearing you know black leather jacket and uh, singing a song I don't think he believed. And I think that the, the thing that people responded to when it came to grunge was the authenticity. Even if you didn't always agree with the methodology of the lyrical content of some of those great bands of the early 90s, you believed that they believed what they were saying. There was a lot of heartfelt and genuine emotion in the things they said, even though a lot of it was negative, a lot of it was depressing. And there were a lot of young people, too, that felt disenfranchised by those 80s bands. And maybe you didn't, you didn't connect with bands like Poison. And maybe you wanted something more than just a good time in life, and all of a sudden Nirvana and Pearl Jam and Soundgarden and the Melvins and Screaming Trees and people like that came along, and they gave it to you. It was different. Number nine, off the Black Album. And I think this song has kind of been disrespected a bit because it got a little bit overplayed. But I love the track. I love James Hetfield's vocal. James is different. It's a song wherever I may roam. 
I love that song. I think you should love it too. If you don't, maybe get to know it a little bit better. Take it out to dinner, buy it some flowers, whatever. It'll be faithful to you. Number eight, and this has been on our top ten list multiple times. There's a video for the song, Very Disturbing, and it was kind of in in the early years of the school shootings. It's become more commonplace these days. It doesn't happen maybe as often as some people would suggest. But every time it does, it's a national tragedy. It's the song Jeremy. It's, it's what it's about. It's about a guy that went up and shot up a classroom. And it, it was like so shocking that, you know, Eddie Vedder was, they were recording some stuff and he read a newspaper article when, back when we read newspapers. And he, then he wrote Jeremy. And it received all kinds of awards, video music awards, Grammys. Jeremy, a very powerful song. And it talks a little bit about kind of the pathology of youth gone wrong. It's one of my dogs over there snoring. It's late for me too, dear. Um, you know, it talks about, you know, dad didn't have time, mama didn't care. You know, there's a lot to it. Number seven, another grunge song. And uh, you guys know my my affection for Chris Cornell and Soundgarden and all the Chris Cornell projects. So I discovered the album Bad Motorfinger in earnest when I was in rehab. I knew of Soundgarden, of course, Guns N' Roses and Axl Rose introduced us to Soundgarden. They actually took Soundgarden out on the road. How is that for a big break? Sound, at the time, Guns N' Roses is the biggest band in the world. And if Axl Rose can like grunge, so can you. And he said Soundgarden was one of the most innovative bands in the, in the country at the time, out of Seattle, and said music was changing and Soundgarden would help lead that wave. They absolutely did. One of my favorite songs on that album, and I think the guitar on this is just absolutely blistering. I don't know this song gets enough play, but it's the Jesus Christ pose off the Bad Motor Finger album from Soundgarden. And what's interesting, too, you know, you guys know that I'm, I much prefer Soundgarden over Nirvana. Soundgarden had almost sold two million records before Nirvana had a major record deal. So don't let some kid with a T-shirt from Spencer's Gifts tell you any different. I lived through it. All right, number six, we're going to kick out the guns here. The first single off Use Your Illusion 2. Now, when Use Your Illusion 1 and 2 came out, it was this cultural phenomenon. Of course, Appetite for Destruction to come out, one of the greatest debut albums of all time by Guns N' Roses. I remember where I was, shared that with you before, or where I was the first time I heard Welcome to the Jungle. Went out the very next day, bought the cassette. I was the only kid in my hometown that had it. It It's incredible. Eventually, everybody had it, but I was first. And so there was all this buildup, and it was like, well, Guns N' Roses is going to release a double album. And people were like, well, that's going to be awfully expensive on kids. So what they decided to do is rather than do a double album, they did two albums. They released them the same day. Use Your Illusion 2 debuted at number one. Use Your Illusion 1 debuted at number two. And the reason for that is because the debut single was off Use Your Illusion 2, and that's from the Terminator 2 motion picture soundtrack, the great track You Could Be Mine, which was actually a song that they originally wrote for Appetite for Destruction. Maybe you didn't know that. All right, number five. I probably should have worked another song from this album onto our top ten list, and I apologize for it. Uh, It's difficult when you've got albums of this quality. But Blood Sugar Sex Magic from Red Hot Chili Peppers, that was an album that I had, of course, I had heard a lot of it because I watched MTV. But when I was in treatment, 
listened to it a lot and really embraced the lyrics because, you know, back in those days, it's what you did. You sat there with your headphones on, you got the lyric sheet out, and you learned the lyrics, and you found out what they were singing about rather than just kind of dancing to the beat. And the song that always struck me was Anthony Kiedis' is kind of a cry for help when he first got sober. It's the song Under the Bridge. It's a beautifully emotional song. And the video itself is, uh, is, is kind of cut from the same cloth. But uh, Under the Bridge, to me, is the shining moment. Of course, a lot of people, you know, give it, give it away and there's Breaking the Girl. There's so many great songs on that album. Suck My Kiss is one that uh, I think is uh, a little double entendre there, but it's a, a remarkable song, too. And there's so much diversity on the catalog, but especially on this album, I think they really, they really run the gambit of their musical talent. But Under the Bridge, to me, is a timeless classic. Number four, one of the first songs Guns N' Roses ever wrote together as a band. I think it actually predated Guns N' Roses. I don't know if you guys know this. I think I've shared this with you guys before. Guns N' Roses, the Guns and Guns N' Roses is Tracy Guns, who was the lead guitar player in the band LA Guns. And so there was Hollywood Rose, and then there was tracy guns group and because it was axel rose and tracy guns's project that's how it became guns and roses the guns and roses project ultimately just guns and roses well tracy guns leaves and they kept the name and they hired slash and there were a lot of people that auditioned to replace tracy in the band and uh, but one of the first songs they recorded wrote and recorded was the song don't cry there are two versions uh, each there's one version on uh usual illusion one and usual illusion two but don't cry kind of predates Guns N' Roses superstardom. Number three, and it's Pearl Jam. And uh, there's not a bad song on 10. And that's, again, there's a lot of albums from the early 90s because, especially in the grunge side, and, and that's not to say that record companies weren't greedy in the late 80s. But when grunge exploded the way that it did, record companies wanted to catalog, wanted to capitalize on this, and they were throwing record deals at everybody. And so there was a lot of filler. There were one or two bands that had maybe one or two decent songs, and then there was a bunch of trash on the album. That's what made Pearl Jam's 10, and I think the early Soundgarden stuff really stand out, is that it was all killer, no filler. But the song Alive is number three. I am still alive. It, it is an amazing song. It holds up to this day. I think it's one of Eddie Vedder's shiny moments. Eddie was in San Diego. The, the, the ashes of Mother Love Bone was looking for a new singer, and they ultimately became Pearl Jam. Uh, number two, we're, going, we're sticking with grunge, and we're going to back to Soundgarden. The lead single on Bad Motorfinger is a song, lyrically, that is next level. A lot of people write good and catchy tunes, and a lot of the lyrics are predictable, but I think Bad Motorfinger, and especially the song Outshine, showed that Chris Cornell was simply understanding lyrical content at a different level. You know, it's like, you know, I'm looking California and feeling Minnesota, right? And I remember, I remember it was Kurt Loder, I guess, it was an MTV, had asked him what it meant, you know, and Chris didn't give a very genuine answer. You know, I'm looking cool, but I'm feeling colder. That's basically what it's about. But Outshined, that's the track. I love it. And there's so many good songs on that album. Your Room 10,000 Years Wide, Slaves and Bulldozers. Rusty Cage. I mean, we can go on and on and on about how wonderful that album is. And I think that, that Soundgarden's Bad Motorfinger and Pearl Jam's 10 
those are the two greatest grunge albums of all time, without exception. I will die on that hill, and I will argue you down, because all, the, all, all of the critical acclaim actually favors my argument on this. You feel free to like what you like, but those albums from start to finish, not a bad song on them. But number one, because I'm a rocker, I'm a roller, we're going with Metallica. We're going with the classic song. And this is when Justice for All came out, all of a sudden, they began to record videos. They did the video for one. We talked about that on the show. It opened Metallica up to a different audience. And a lot of people began to call them sellouts. Because I think there were a lot of people that kind of wanted to keep Metallica to themselves and kind of keep them in a box. Because they were, they were about the music. They weren't really about, you know, the corporate picture. And, and um, I still contend to you to, the, to this day, the best Metallica album is Master of Puppets. I will always believe that. You'll never be able to talk me out of it. I think Ride the Lightning is great. I think Kill Em All is great. But to me, Master of Puppets, that album, from start to finish, is incredible. Battery is on there. There's just so many great songs on there. And I'm so glad that many of you are getting to know Metallica for the first time because of Stranger Things, thanks to Eddie. But the song, I think, that really established Metallica as a true headliner in mainstream rock music was the song Inner Sandman. And that's your number one track today. Number one on the, the 44 days of 1991 top 10 list. So Geek93, thanks so much for the suggestion. This was a fun one to do. I think a lot of people too, I think you know, we misremember things and you don't realize that all these albums came out so closely together. And when I first saw that meme, I didn't believe it. And I went and looked it up myself, and it's absolutely correct. Verified by the Boneyard itself. And so enjoy some music today. And this is all, listen, these are classic songs from classic bands off classic albums. And sometimes we forget how important that time of music was. And I'm so grateful. Like, Listen, I'm not going to live forever. I'm not. I hope I have a legacy that does among people that care for me. But uh, the reality of it is, is, man, I got to hear the tail end of Led Zeppelin as a kid. I got to hear Queen during their heyday. I got to see Motley and Rat, Bon Jovi, and all these great bands of the 80s during their heyday. I got to see Pearl Jam and Soundgarden as the grunge movement exploded. And I still go to shows and I still enjoy shows, but I think, again, how fortunate I was to be born when I was to be able to enjoy these things, to be able to see Ozzy Osbourne kind of transform himself as a singer from Black Sabbath to be in one of the greatest solo artists of all time. I was alive for all this stuff. And I've seen those shirts out there. It says, you know, I may be old, but I got to see all the cool bands. And that's how I feel. And I'm still seeing cool bands, and we're going to have some cool ones tonight uh, down at Rock Vegas. So come out and hang with us as we have a great time celebrating rock and roll and celebrating Mississippi State all in one fabulous evening at Hobie's on Mains. If you have ideas for the top 10 list, reach out and let us know. Best way to do it is to hit Roy up on Twitter at Dogmatic67. That's D-A-W-G-M-A-T-I-C-6-7. I'd encourage you to hit the follow button. Roy didn't tweet much, but he tweets out our top 10 list, and it gives you a chance to kind of interact with him. Roy's a good dude. And again, congratulations to Roy, my friend. Uh, he now has a job lined up, and uh, fortunately, he's going to be able to come help us at Rock Vegas. Uh, Roy going to handle audio video stuff for us. Matter of fact, before I recorded the show, I sent him some songs uh, for our playlist. 
that we will play. We'll probably release that playlist to you guys too, the Rock Vegas playlist. We'll release that probably uh, you know Saturday or Sunday. And uh, we're doing a really cool video. I hope things work out. The video's done. The production's done. And uh, we're going to play that at the beginning of the show. And uh, we'll probably put that on social media, too. For those of you that couldn't go to the show, I think you're going to really be, be impressed by it. I think so. Everybody that has seen it has told me how much they love it. Maybe they're just being nice to me because they know how hard I've worked on this. I'm very proud of it. And I want to thank John Sokoloff from WCBI for his contributions to help putting that thing together for me. Um, but Roy's going to be here. So if you want to meet Roy, Roy will be there. But Roy's going to help us kind of keep the show moving and um, we'll be in charge of kind of the projector and stuff like that. And so we got some cool things planned. And uh, I thank Roy for coming to be a part of that. All right, next segment of the show brought to you by Campus Bookmart, a Starkvillian institution. They've been around forever and a day, and chances are they'll be around long after we're gone. But Campus Bookmart doing a great job selling great Mississippi State merchandise to a great fan base. A lot of people claim to have the best selection of Mississippi State merchandise. They are pretenders to the throne. As Miss Kathy Brown, the lovely, talented Susie, everybody out there does a great job ensuring you had the best selection of Mississippi State merchandise. Go by and see their smiling faces. If you can't make it to town, visit them on the World Wide Web at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays. That is BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. That gets you free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. Any order less than $50, absolutely incomplete. Again, campusbookmart.net. Okay, let's check out our SEC schedule. Due to the Hurricane Ian, they rescheduled the South Carolina-South Carolina State game till Thursday. That took place pretty much as you'd expect. South Carolina wins 50-10. to 10. I watched most of that game over at Hobie's. We had it up on the big screen up there. But uh, it was not much of a game for a while. And then uh, I guess South Carolina State hung in there a little bit, had some some – costly penalties that kept them from making this a game you knew at some point South Carolina would out athlete South Carolina State who entered the game with a one and two record but it was just eight nothing after one quarter play and then South Carolina State had a touchdown call back on a holding call it was holding there was no question about it South Carolina then uh, scores 14 points there has a 22 nothing lead at the break you kind of knew where this thing was heading. In the third quarter, South Carolina State finally gets on the board. The Gamecocks answer with a couple touchdowns. Really kind of put the game away there. Fourth quarter also 14-3 in favor of the Gamecocks. 50-10 to winners. Uh, Beamer ball now 3-2 and overall and 0-2 and in the league. They have a couple more non-conference games, one of those being Clemson. That will be a very difficult ball game. I still think South Carolina is going to struggle to get bowl eligible. Let's take a quick look at their schedule. Uh, you know, of course, they, they beat Georgia State. They lose to Arkansas. They get shelled by Georgia, as you'd expect. They struggled a little bit with Charlotte, but ultimately put those guys away 56-20. So 106 points combined the last two games for the Gamecock offense. They will be at uh, Kentucky next weekend and get a couple days longer to plan due to this uh, change in the schedule. And then they host Texas A&M after a bye week. Then Missouri travels to South Carolina. South Carolina then goes to Vandy. Then South Carolina at Florida. Tennessee at South Carolina. And then Clemson. So I suspect that we'll see the Gamecocks end the year 
on a three-game losing streak. So if they're going to get bowl eligible, they need to win need to win three of these next four. Excuse me, three yeah, three of these next four games. That's going to be awfully difficult because I believe that they're going to lose at Kentucky, and I think A and M will get them as well. They could get Missouri. They could get Vanderbilt as they should, even though Vanderbilt nearly got them last year. I think you're looking at a five and seven year. That's what I think. I think it's a five and seven year. Uh, I, I would not expect them to be able to compete from an athletic standpoint those final three games against Florida, Tennessee, and Clemson. So five and seven appears to be what we're looking at for the Gamecocks. Uh, that likely won't get it done long-term up there. But, again, I think last year they were ahead of schedule a little bit. Now, 11 a.m. game on Saturday, and it'll be one many of you will be able to watch from your tailgate. Kentucky at Ole Miss, that's going to be a great game. Should be a great game. Now, I, I've said before, Mark Stoops and his defensive staff have kind of figured out how to defend the zone read. They gave Dan Mullen fits the last couple of years he was here at Mississippi State. They gave him fits when he was in Florida. Ole Miss running a lot of those same concepts. And this Ole Miss team, like Kentucky, hasn't really played a difficult schedule. At least Kentucky has played and defeated Florida, uh, currently ranked number seven. I believe they're a fraud. I think Ole Miss is also a fraud. If Ole Miss wins this game, I think they'll, they'll probably jump into the top ten. I just don't think they will. Uh, Chris Rodriguez is back for Kentucky. I know their offensive line has had some problems. But the reality of it is, is sometimes you need a guy out there that can, uh, that can jump cut a little bit and make plays on his own. I think that'll be the case for Kentucky. I like Kentucky to win a close one here. I know Ole Miss is favored. I think Kentucky wins the game in Oxford and gives Ole Miss their first setback of the year. Not that Ole Miss is going to be a bad team. I don't think they are. But I do think they're going to end the year on a very difficult losing streak. I think this is the first game for them. Probably a little bit of dose of reality here for Ole Miss. And I get the feeling there's a lot of people in the national media that just aren't on board with Ole Miss. And what's interesting, I had somebody mention this to me tonight. Why is Ole Miss kind of getting a pass for struggling against Tulsa last week? And it was 35-17 at the break, and they don't score in the second half. Now, a lot of young teams take their foot off the gas when the game is in hand. But if that had been Mississippi State winning by eight points against Tulsa, our fans would be up in arms. And I'm not to say that Ole Miss fans aren't because I haven't really kept up with what they've got to say on social media or message boards. But I think there's some, there's some, some issues with this Ole Miss team. And I think Kentucky is talented enough after seeing Tulsa run the football as successfully as they did they can exploit some of that. And, again, I think that Kentucky's defensive effort will do a decent job of kind of holding Ole Miss down a little bit. I, I think it'll be, you know, maybe a 28-24 type ball game, but I do think Kentucky ultimately wins the game. Now, Alabama heads to Arkansas. And last year this game was also very, very competitive. Can Arkansas rebound from the hangover of losing to A&M last week? That's really the question mark. And that we know what Alabama is going to bring to the table – but Arkansas, a team that uh, was in the top ten earlier this year, and I think we all kind of realized that was probably fool's gold. But I do like Sam Pittman. I think that they will be able to compete up front with that Alabama front for a while. Eventually, talent wins. And I think Arkansas needs that home crowd to really stand up and kind of be that 12th man for them, to part, borrow a phrase from a and I think Arkansas is going to need some help from Alabama in order to win this game. And what's so interesting, too, when you look at this Alabama-Arkansas series over the years, 
Arkansas has played Alabama fairly competitively. And then usually what happens is they get down 7 nothing or 10-3 or something like that. They think, hey, we need a play. And they do something silly. They'll fake a punt or fake a field goal. And the next thing you know, Alabama sniffs it out, gets good field position, and now all of a sudden it's a two-score game and you kind of get out of your uh, your offense there. But um, Alabama has won 14 straight against Arkansas. I don't expect that to change. And a lot of these games, you know, last year was a 42-35 win for Alabama. Uh, and then, you know, it's been, I guess, to be fair, it's been a while since that game had been competitive. You know, back in 15, Alabama wins 27-14. In 14, Alabama wins 14-13. And that's the year, of course, that Arkansas came to Mississippi State, number one Mississippi State, and gave us all sorts of trouble. The two games before that were both 52 to nothing. And so you got to go all the way back to 2006, to find where Arkansas beat Alabama on the field of play. And that was a 24-23 win uh, back in the Houston Nut years. But by and large, Alabama uh, has dominated the series. 22-8 is the, the season record, I mean the series record. But it has been a long time since Arkansas has claimed victory over Alabama. I don't think they will this year either. Uh, I think Keita Jefferson has is, is, done a great job at Arkansas. But I think when you look at Arkansas and you begin to realize – that the expectations on this team sometimes can be a burden, especially when you feel like you're not going to face them and meet them. And then you lose that game against A&M that many people expected you to win, and then you've got to play Alabama, one of the, you know, the biggest juggernauts in the history of college football. And so now you go from being 3-0 and to facing 3-2, and and then you have a road game at Mississippi State. I just don't think Arkansas has the leadership of the horses uh, to make that happen. I think that they're going to lose three in a row. I think they're going to lose this one and then lose at Mississippi State next week, and then they'll face BYU on the road in Provo. And they should win that game. I just don't know if BYU can match up athletically. But I think this this is the defining stretch of the Arkansas schedule. I think most people would likely agree to that. All right, LSU, excuse me, Texas A&M at Mississippi State. I told you my feelings about this. I think State wins a close one. Now, if State can get some separation early in this game, that might change the complexity of things because I don't think A&M can score. I think A&M is going to need a non-offensive touchdown to win this game, whether that be in special teams or a defensive touchdown. That's been the case this year. They've had you know just 11 touchdowns as a group, and then two of those, of course, uh, were not courtesy of the offense. I think they're going to struggle to score against Mississippi State. I think State's got to be careful with Devin Achain. you got to make sure you get that guy out of bounds. And uh, make somebody else beat you. Now, State's going to have to have gap discipline. You know that as well as I do. You can't get out of your lanes. you got to be able to set the edge. Because if Alchang gets up and running, it's a 10-100-meter sprinter. That's a guy that's going to outrun your secondary. But I think State will do a good job on special teams. I think ultimately special teams kind of works out to be kind of a moot point. I think both teams will put the ball in or out of the end zone. You can't give up a big return and give Texas A&M a short field. And I think the loss of Anaya Smith, if that had happened to us, if, if, especially when you consider the rotation they have. And I think our coaches are doing and saying all the right things, saying, yeah, Anaya Smith's not there, but they still got a bunch of good dudes. And they do. They've recruited at a high level. I just think there is some doubt around this program. I think maybe they believe a little bit more after finding a way to beat Arkansas last week. And, again, they shouldn't have won. But they did win. But it took a missed field goal late. 
and it took a defensive touchdown in order for them to do it. So if State can play clean and not hurt themselves, I think State wins the ballgame. LSU is at Auburn. And there, there was some rumors out this week that Brent Harson's already been told that he's not going to be back. Uh, I don't believe that's the case. That may be the talk among donors. I just don't think that's the case. Uh, Auburn clearly not responding to Brian Harson's leadership up there, and they struggled offensively in some of their non-conference games too. So now we're going to get into the, a- the SEC schedule, and uh, it's, it's a murderer's row in many respects for them, a very brutal schedule, and, and people pick them seventh in the, in the West for a reason. You got bad quarterback play, and now you're going to host an LSU team that now suddenly has found a sense of itself. And so I like LSU's running game against Auburn. And I like LSU's ability uh, with Jaden Daniels to kind of make plays when protection breaks down a little bit. Let's take the Tigers here in this one. And I think, again, a lot of people wanted Brian Harrison fired after last week, even though they won in overtime against a pretty mediocre Missouri team. Speaking of Missouri, they will host Georgia in a 6.30 kick. And that's the thing, too. We'll, we'll finish up there at Davis Wade Stadium and maybe hustle home and catch the end of that ballgame. Uh, excited about that game because I want to see Georgia again. I think Georgia runs through Missouri. The Missouri defense played pretty well last week, but I think that's more about the ineptitude of the Auburn offense. But Georgia, a juggernaut right now, and I think Georgia probably hammers Missouri pretty good. I just don't think Missouri's going to be able to score against Georgia's team speed on defense, uh, but I'm excited to see it. Now, the Saturday game between Eastern Washington and Florida has now been moved to Sunday. Uh, there, there are people in Florida that probably need this game to happen to kind of feel like some sense of normalcy. Eastern Washington really doesn't have a chance against Florida. I think we all probably realize that. I mean, that's uh, all due respect uh, to the Eagles, but they're one and two uh, right now at this point, and they struggled to beat Tennessee State in week one, 36-29. Since that time, 70-14 to 14 losers at Oregon, and then they beat Montana State, excuse me, lose to Montana State, 38-35. This will not be for the faint at heart. I think Florida wins this game handily, probably like a 56-7 type ball game. And I think there are a lot of people, too, in Gainesville that want to go out there and um, and put together a great performance because so many people around them are hurting and uh, you know how it is. I mean, it's like when, when life is, is feeding you lemons and all of a sudden your sports teams can kind of give you an opportunity to escape for a little while and, and, uh, and just kind of have a chance to, to think about something other than your own problems, it's a good thing. And I think Florida does that. I think Florida steps up. So let's take a quick recap here. Of course, South Carolina won on Thursday night. I'm picking as your winners Kentucky, Alabama, Mississippi State, LSU, Georgia and Florida. So I think it'll be a good weekend for the road teams as Kentucky, Alabama, LSU, and Georgia are all on the road. But uh, many of those are road favorites. And so I think it's important to kind of understand uh, these are the games we talk about having separation Saturdays. These are the Saturdays where teams like Mississippi State, Texas A&M have to find a way to get a win to kind of improve their, their postseason standing when it comes to the bull pecking order. These are the games here that really matter. And I think if State's going to have an opportunity to get to 8-4, and four, you've got to find a way to beat Texas A&M. I think we all would agree in that. I don't think there's anybody out there that'd say, hey, we can lose this game and absorb that. You know, with what we have facing us, we've got to find a way to win some of these toss-up games, and it starts this Saturday. And, again, I think State's catching A&M at a good time. The reality of it is Bulldogs are going to have to go out there and give a best effort. There's no question about it. They're going to have to go out there and play 
uh, at a very, very high level. So, again, that's your, uh, your winners this week. And uh, with everybody playing head-to-head, not quite as many games to preview, you know, but kind of looking around, you know, you've got some teams that have a bye this week. Uh, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, neither of them are going to play uh, this weekend. But, uh, you know, thinking about next week, you know, and, and, and it reminds me too, I got a message from somebody too because I talked about the difficulty of us getting a night football game. When we play uh, East Tennessee, that is an SEC Network Plus game. And so when it is an SEC Network Plus game, the school gets to decide the kickoff time. So we, maybe we get to play those guys at night rather than a day game. Because if it's an SEC Network Plus game, there is a little a variance within the schedule. And you don't, because it's not broadcast on TV without the app, you don't have an issue uh, playing when you want to play. So State will be able to, to pick that game in the time that it's played. But looking at next week, Auburn is at Georgia. A&M is at Alabama, Tennessee is at LSU, Arkansas is at Mississippi State, Missouri is at Florida, Ole Miss at Vanderbilt, and what a barn burner that should be, and in South Carolina, Kentucky. So an all-league schedule next week, seven games, all 14 teams in action. Uh, so that will be an awfully interesting weekend for us. And, of course, you know we're hopeful that's uh, the third game in a three-game winning streak as State wraps up a three-game homestand. So we'll worry about next week next week, but some very intriguing matchups uh, on the horizon as, uh, you know, we all kind of get out of non-conference play for a while and beat each other up. All right, final segment of the show brought to you by your friends at Portico. I've told you guys before, if I was moving to Starkville today, I would move to Portico. Brooks Bryan, part of a great group of folks, bringing this wonderful residential development to Starkville. Brooks Bryan's phone number. I'm going to give it to you direct, just between us girls. 601-416-8075, Brooks Bryan, part of a pair of uh, teams that went to Omaha. Probably should have won one NAFL championship. I think Brooks would agree. Dubose beats Alabama. Uh, it's a much different day, right? Uh, but here's the deal. You can start with a two-bedroom, two-bath home, go up to a four-bedroom, four-bath home. You'd be glad you did. Could be your ballgame weekend retreat. You could make mom and dad's house a destination for your children as they uh, get ready to come home and go to ball games. How great would it be to have everybody under one roof instead of everybody having to get a hotel room? That's what the beauty of Portico brings to you. I love that place. Very easy to find off 82 on 12. Take the very first right there. It's Pat Station Road. You go across four-way stop. Boom, there it is on the right-hand side. Portico. Make it your next move. All right. Couple things I want to talk about before we get out of here. Probably won't go to full 90 minutes because I've got, of course, I got a rock show tonight. So Saturday morning, 11 a.m., Mississippi State is going to play Troy in baseball. I don't fully understand the logistics, but let me tell you what we're going to do: two seven-inning games with the break in between. Two seven-inning games. So that means if you go to baseball, you're probably going to have to skip out on part of that second game to make it to Davis Wade Stadium in time for kickoff. So understand that. So 11 a.m., first pitch, seven-inning doubleheader. Important to understand that. Wish we'd had it on Sunday so I could do both, but I can't. So understand, before you go, football parking takes priority. So chances are somebody's got to drop everybody off at Dirty Noble Field and then go park the car 
and then go meet the group, and you're going to have to walk to Davis Wade. Not a bad walk. It's not. But understand football priority, parking. Not going to have your baseball pass anyway. But understand that if you go up there and try to park at, at Duty Noble Field and you pick a lot that is prioritized for football, you're not going to be able to park there. So understand that right out of the gate. Park in your football parking lot. Save yourself a lot of time and trouble. Wives, listen to me. Listen to me. Make sure your husband understands that because he's going to try to make a full day of it. Say, hey, let's go do both, and you're going to be agreeable, and you're going to get there, and there's going to be all this aggravation and anxiety because you're not going to know where to park. So he can drop you and the kids off. You can go in, check everybody out, enjoy the ball game, and he can go park the car, and then everybody can walk as a family over Davis Wade Stadium. And I'm exhausted. I'm not going to lie to you. Another thing to understand about parking, and I've said this on before to you guys, and it's important to understand, from what I understand today, we have sold more tickets for this A&M game than we did for Memphis. So if you had difficulty parking for Memphis, I'll afford yourself a little more time. And maybe going to that baseball game will get you on campus a little bit sooner. But we're going to have more people on campus this weekend than we had for the Memphis game. A lot of A&M people making a trip, too. They love to be around us. Got a, got a big group, actually, from A&M coming to Rock Vegas. How cool is that? So understand, know where you're supposed to park ahead of time. Don't depend on those event management people to direct you. They don't know all the lots. And it's not because they're dumb. And it's not because they're trying to give you a hard time. They just don't know. They know what they're supposed to do with their lot. So please don't give them a hard time. Take some personal responsibility. Know where you're supposed to park. Know what you're supposed to do. Get there and check it out. And there was a thread on Gene's page this week. Some guy was trying to say he didn't expect 40000 for the football game. We have not had a crowd of 40000 or less since the COVID quarantine and the restrictions in 2020. And it has been a long time before then that we've uh, had those type numbers. Let's look at last year. You know, because we're scanning these tickets as we go. These are actual attendance numbers. 44,000 for Louisiana Tech last year, 44,669. NC State, 45,834. LSU, of course, we lost that game, 50,298. So we can thank LSU fans for helping us get over the hump. Alabama comes in, 53,796. Kentucky, 49,487. Auburn, we go there. Uh, Tennessee State, we had 46,770. And then, of course, the Ole Miss game, 55,601. Those are your numbers for last year's home games. Don't listen to anybody else. Those are the official numbers. Now, 2020, a much different year. Uh, even with that last year, if I can get this thing to work, these, uh, these, these stat things don't always work the way I want them to. They take their time. They're tired like me. So we opened up at LSU that year, 21,000. We hosted Arkansas, 13,564. So, you know, that's, that's what you're looking at because we had, you know, social distancing and cardboard cutouts and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but, you know, that, that's the outlier, right? And that, that's to be expected that you're going to have reduced numbers in the middle of a global pandemic. I think it's an important thing to consider. You know, Mississippi State fans sometimes get a bad rap when it comes to all this stuff because people say, we don't turn out and that sort of stuff. And there are times, listen, it's a lot easier to sit at home 
watch the game from the comfort of your of your home. Uh, looking back at 2019, and well, this is the last one we'll do. Southern Miss comes in 55,143, the first home game we played at. Uh, we played it in the Superdome with uh, Louisiana. Uh, Kansas State the next week, 54,522. Then Kentucky, 54,556. LSU, 59,282. We went to A&M that year. They had 102,000 people. How about that? Alabama comes in to Starville, 57,607. Abilene Christian, that was 54,638. The Egg Bowl, 57,529. And so – you know, we're turning out and supporting this program. And so when people suggest, oh, there won't be 40,000 people there, uh, you're kidding yourself. And some of that is just kind of self-loathing nonsense, man. That stuff just irritates me to no end. Like, like, we're, like our fans are just going to give up on the team. We're 3-1. and one. We're 3-1. and one. We won last week. It's important to understand that stuff too. It's, just, it's, kind of, it's, it's kind of silliness when I think about it. It's like to suggest that our fans – aren't doing their part. Now, you know, we could have a discussion about NIL. That's all kind of a new thing for everybody. But um, when it comes to, like, attending ball games, let's take a look at this year just to kind of to put it in perspective. We've had one home game. That was Memphis, 54,360. Excuse me. We've had two bowl games, two home games, 54,360. And then Bowling Green last week was 48,376. I think sometimes we forget how much it's, it holds, Right. And so it's important to understand we're going to turn out, we're going to do a good job. Uh, our, our people that are around on game day that are employed by Mississippi State that do such a wonderful job trying to make this thing happen and make it special for our fans, you know, they, they deserve the credit for the job they do. I don't know if they always get it. Mike Ritchie and his staff, I mean, do a thankless job in our ticket office. And, uh, you know, Mike is a true bulldog. There's just so many people – that uh, are involved at Mississippi State Athletics that that love Mississippi State that have had opportunities to go elsewhere, but yet here they are. Here they are. And uh, I appreciate them. I know you guys do as well. So come out, cheer for the team, bring your cowbells, maybe bring two, and cheer the Bulldogs on to victory. We're going to need a loud, raucous crowd. I know it's a 3 o'clock start, and you know my feelings about these start times uh, for Bulldog football uh, this year. But regardless of that, it's a 3 o'clock game. There's no reason we can't get out there. The weather should be good. It's going to be a nice day. Some of you may even wear a light jacket. That's okay, too. I won't judge you for it. But uh, we have endured another Mississippi summer. Fall is on its way. Halloween will be here soon. Uh, And I think it's important to understand we only get a handful of these games each and every year. We only get seven home games each year, a chance to get together as a family and enjoy Mississippi State football. And I think this weekend is going to be one that we can enjoy. You know, that's the thing. Even with the LSU ball game, I try to t- kind of talk myself into it and it still had some reservations. And I'm a firm believer that, you know, your gut instinct is usually correct. I just don't think a and is going to be able to score on us without our help. And I think if we are pl- clean and protect the football and don't get behind the chains, we're going to do a good job. And people say, well, that the A&M pass rush. We went over that Wednesday. It's really not a great pass rush. They're not getting to the quarterback. They're not influencing the quarterback the way that perhaps they have in years past. And so I think, well, Rodgers will have a chance to stand back there and pitch and catch a little bit. And listen, we're going to need a good game. We can't go out there and, and play a substandard effort. And I think maybe last week helped us grow up a little bit. I think, you know, that disappointment of the LSU loss, 
kind of motivated us a little bit last week to be even better. And so this is our chance again uh, to make a real statement. You know, this A&M team is a ranked team. You beat this team, we, you know, people talk about being ranked, and that's another thing, too, that gets on my nerves. Well, I don't like it when we're ranked. We do better when we're not ranked. You know, I don't think any of that matters. I don't think anybody sees a number next to their name and think, okay, we can relax. You know, Dan Mullen used to always talk about how this game is a big game because you've made it a big game because you won the earlier game. You won the previous games. You've made it a big game. It's got national attention because of your efforts. And that's kind of how I see this game. I think we go out there and win this game. It makes that Arkansas game that much bigger. It's just a shame it's 11 o'clock. And uh, I'm sure there are some administrators at Mississippi State that were very unhappy. And, and that's the thing, too. The thing that I keep hearing is the numbers for those 11 A&M games from a TV rating standpoint have been very, very good. I don't know what people are doing Saturday night. When I get a chance to watch college football, that's what I'm doing. Uh, but the reality of it is I love nighttime football at Davis Wade Stadium. It's a remarkable atmosphere, and you guys make it that way. But we're going to be calling on you this weekend to come out there and do a good job. And, again, if there's about 25, 30 tickets for Rock Vegas. And so maybe if you were a last-minute person and you were thinking about coming, you know, we announced a sellout. Of course, I told you guys, i got a couple of groups from Florida that aren't going to be able to make the trip. They have emailed those tickets to me. And so show up at the door. We might be able to get you in. And uh, it's going to be a great night. I'm excited about the show, excited about the weekend. And we'll rock late into the night at Hobie's on Main, and then we'll get up and go beat Texas A&M. How about that? That sounds like a great weekend to me. A great rock show Friday night, a great football game on Saturday where we win. And I've never lost a rock concert. How about that? Never in my life have I lost a rock concert. Maybe you won't either. All right, we're going to shut it down today. And um, I'm going to go get a few hours sleep, and then I'm going to get to the venue. It's going to be a long day tomorrow. I appreciate so many people that have done so much to help me pull this together. And uh, the list is long and not necessarily distinguished. And what I mean by that is there were a lot of people, of course, that are big donors that uh, bought tickets to donate to students. And there are many others that are just regular run-of-the-mill Bulldog fans that said, hey, you know what, Steve, I, I can't make a big contribution. Let me buy a ticket. Let me buy two tickets. And in some cases, four tickets. And, uh, we did have some, uh, one person that bought the last 58 tickets. I thought it was 48, but it's actually 58 tickets. That's 40 bucks a pop, guys. So this Bulldog fan shelled out over $2,000 because the money was going to NIL, and they wanted the students to have a good time. And I can't begin to say thank you enough because our goal was to raise 25000 plus, and we're already at 23000 So I have no doubt that we're going to hit that number and exceed it. And, you know, maybe by some people's standards, that's not a big number. What's $25,000 we didn't have? That's $25,000 that Charlie Winfield can work with. And I don't know what sport he uses it for, and I've shared with you guys before. I've not given Charlie any parameters at all. I've never said, hey, I want this to go to baseball. I want this to go to women's golf. None of that. I said, Charlie, you know the needs. You're going to know that better than I do. So I'm not going to go buy the groceries and then tell you how to cook the meal. You figure that part of it out. And, again, I cannot begin to say enough how appreciative I am of Charlie Winfield and how I respect his efforts. And just the other day, I was just sitting there thinking about, you know, I've only had a small taste of this, putting this show together. I can't begin to imagine the presentations that Charlie's had to make at his own expense for the betterment of Mississippi State. And I wish we had somebody kind of heading that up as a full-time job, which we could afford for somebody to do that. 
but rather than wait around and, and let somebody think it's their opportunity or perhaps it's somebody else's responsibility, Charlie Winfield has been a hero to Mississippi State. And I have always liked Charlie Winfield, but my respect, my admiration of him is hit a new level through all this NIL stuff because, you know, he's explained it to, we, to me in a way that I can articulate it to you to help you understand how important it is. And it is tremendously important. And there's some people out there that have been reluctant to give. But there are a lot of rank-and-file Bulldog fans out there that are not significantly wealthy. There are people just like me and you, many of them at times, uh, you know, just above paycheck-to-paycheck employees and saying, you know what, Steve, I just I feel like I can help. And so let me do this. And so I'd encourage you, again, go to thebulldoginitiative.com and check it out. You'll be glad you did. You'll feel better about yourself. You know what? I'm helping I'm, I'm being part of the solution, and in no way am I saying that's a requirement to be considered a good fan. I'm not trying to suggest that, but I'm just kind of an, appealing to your sensibility and your love for Mississippi State, saying it is important to be involved in all this. And you know, it's simple as this. Maybe you just don't want to make a contribution. You know, maybe you have a business out there and say, you know what, I'd like to partner with the Bulldog Initiative and have a Bulldog student athlete do an ad for us or do some social media postings for us. All of that is available, and Charlie can fill you in on that. And, again, that guy's doing you know, doing the Lord's work and uh, maybe not always getting the blessings that he deserves. And so if you see Charlie this weekend, shake his hand, give him a little bit of encouragement, pat him on the back, and tell him how much you appreciate him, how much you appreciate his efforts to make Mississippi State the greatest sports programs that it's ever been. Because there's a lot of people out there that could have stepped up and done it and didn't do it. And that's not to, to cast an indictment on anybody, but to, to heap praise on Charlie Winfield. And many of you know him from his work, uh, you know, on the SEC network, calling baseball games and things of that nature. And I'll tell you this, too. We talk about game day enhancements. I love the little segment that Charlie and Bart does. You know, in between quarters, rather than us playing a bunch of craziness, we got those guys up there kind of talking about the game, kind of going over stats and things like that. I think that is very, very well done. I credit Rhett Hobart for that. I don't know who came up with the idea. But thanks, Rhett. It's outstanding. Uh, so, again, let, let's get ready to get out of here. I got to get, get my head in a pillow here for a little while. And I'll be back with you guys on Monday. And for those that are about to rock, we salute you. Until next time. Let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.